welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Hello and welcome to the program, Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Octonauts 12 Rescue Mission. Right now, we're going to be talking about the films Guardians of the Galaxy, Arthur, Legends of the Sword, and White House Hero. Right now, we're going to start the show with a very special guest. We have with us Jeffrey and Millie Ramsey. Um, Jeffrey is uh, the the founder of Rooster Teeth Productions, and we're going to be talking about their second season of their web series, Schooled. Uh, Jeffrey and Millie, we're happy to have you on the show. Thanks for having us. We're happy to be here. First of all, before we get into um, talking about your your show, let's talk about Rooster Teeth Productions um, and how, how you developed it and how it came to be. Yeah, sure. Uh, I'll start this, Millie, since you weren't born yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I was playing Halo, a video game with some friends of mine and we noticed that if you lowered the weapon in the game Halo you kind of you could kind of puppeteer the characters and it looked kind of like a like like a cartoon I guess and so we made a script and we developed a cartoon called Red versus Blue where we basically digitally puppeteered the characters in the video game and uh, it got very popular and so we decided to quit our day jobs and turn it into a production company and 14 years later we now have a big production facility with about 250 employees, and we make all kinds of different content that's kind of related to cartoons or video games. Now, we're particularly talking about the second season of Schooled. Tell us a bit about uh, where we left off from the first season for those of us who have not seen the first season of Schooled. <laughs> sure. Uh, Schooled was a series that we started based on a bet that I had with one of the employees of Rooster Teeth that I could train a bunch of kids to play video games better than the adults that work for me. And uh, if I lost, I had to get a tattoo of one of the, uh, well, the guy who I made the bet with, his nose on my leg. And so I found a bunch of kids. Millie and I trained them. And the whole first season was us training those kids to play video games against the adults. And, uh, and then they lost and I got a tattoo. So for season two, we decided to, I don't know, Millie, what, how would you describe season two? So I guess what we decided to do was basically instead of, you know, my dad and I training uh, the kids to fight Achievement Hunter again, the Achievement Hunters would train the kids to fight each other. Well, and to kind of train them, like, what it's like to be a professional yeah. gamer. Yeah. And this time, I was a player, so I wasn't a coach. No, that's true. Yeah. Millie got yeah. to compete, finally. Now, having your dad coach you in video gaming, is it is it easier now that he's not um, bringing you down from coaching? It's, it's really just the same, honestly. You know, he's still my dad and everything. I mean... She has to put up with me all day, every day, so... Yeah, so get used to it. Do you have room for a tattoo for this season? Uh, luckily, I was smart enough this time not to, to do that again. <laughs> so no, no tattoos in season two. One was enough. One was enough. I can see. So what, what made um, filming um, this season different from the last season? And what was some of the, the new material that you're excited for, to share with people? I think that for me, the best part of season two was that getting to kind of reconnect with 
all the kids again. We'd become friends over the filming of season one, and that was filmed last summer. And so then we filmed this in February. So it was like getting to hang out with all my old 11-year-old friends that I hadn't seen in a while. And uh, it was fun to incorporate the other adults, the other Achievement Hunter grown-ups from Rooster Teeth into it as well and kind of see see them. I'm the, I'm the only one in Rooster Teeth. Well, that's not true. Only one other guy in Achievement Hunter has kids. And so uh, it was fun to see them get used to interacting with with a bunch of 11-year-olds that they're, they're not necessarily used to uh, and watch them kind of warm up and kind of fall in love with the kids and become friends with them. How about you, Millie? Well, I definitely agree with you on that. I, I like the difference uh, between just the whole competition style, but a lot of what you said, too. Copycat. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Millie, what would you say is, was the most challenging part of this competition? Honestly... Just kind of focusing to me because, I mean, you're in a group with all these um, mentors talking to each to their partners and everything, and they're all yelling or, or talking, and it's like, I don't know. To me, it was a lot just kind of handle, and honestly, that's probably what I thought was pretty hard. Yeah, putting up with all the grown-ups? Yeah, basically, that was it. <laughs> and um, how would you um describe your father's coaching to the other kids? Like, how would you describe it? Honestly, I felt like my dad didn't do very much. <laughs> he was just kind of there. Just kind of there, just making, just guiding you, and just making sure, but just, they, they just left it up to you. You got it. Yeah. Basically, he was there, and he was just there to be like, all right, so now you do this, and now you do that. Well, I was more of the host this time. I had to do all the yeah. work last time. Yeah, but still, you you were there. <laughs> you Thanks, were yes. There. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's great. Uh, you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and we're going to be continuing the show talking about Guardians of the Galaxy, Arthur, Legends of the Sword, and White House Hero. We're going to continue our conversation with Jeffrey and Millie Ramsey uh, about School Season 2, and this show is sponsored by Octonauts. Jeffrey, what would you say is the whole goal for this show? I mean, Rooster, uh, well, let me phrase that. What is the goal of Rooster Productions? What is the slogan? The goal of Rooster Teeth, I guess, would be to create fun and interesting and innovative content to entertain, uh, hopefully, an ever-growing audience. We got our start making content around video games, but we have expanded to making movies and general comedies and shows and cartoons and anime. So I guess just to, just to create content online that people want to watch. Hopefully they want to watch it. <laughs> well, definitely. I mean, your production shows so many different there's a variety of things you do not just schooled short series podcasts but um what would you say is the future of like video game content because it's much like film film it took a while for movies to become actual art and now video games are on the rise for quality entertainment not just entertainment but art and the creation of it so what what would you say is the future of video games boy i if i knew if i knew the answer to that, I would be uh, far more successful than I am. Uh, hopefully, that just that people will continue. You will continue to see the marriage of traditional entertainment and video games. I mean, if you think about video games as as a medium, they are uh, television and movies and film are even 
podcasts are very passive entertainment. You sit and you watch or you listen. The nice thing about video games is is they uh, engage your mind. Uh, you get to play along. You get to like control the story and the narrative as you play and increase motor skills while you're doing it, hopefully. And I guess the the future will hopefully be to continue to, to meld those worlds where uh, of entertainment and uh, and traditional media. Interesting. And um, going off that question, um, what do you feel is like the most common misconception of just of video games? Because sometimes people think like, oh, it's just mindless um, graphics and pixelations. But what do you think is sure. most, yeah? What do you think is the most common misconception of it? I think it's that. I think that it's that, that video games are uh, a, a lazy way to to spend your day. You know, there's when I was growing up, it was very much put the video game controller down and go outside and do something productive. And I think that uh, while there's definitely something to that and a big part of schooled was uh, playing video games, but also doing a lot of physical activities and making sure to you know get your blood pumping and and finding ways to take principles from video games and to do them in the real world to get actual exercise. But video games are are a lot more than uh, than they were when I was a kid, for sure. And now they're very, they stimulate the mind. There are games like Portal that cause you to, to kind of learn and become clever and smart. And they challenge your mind and they challenge kind of your, your uh, preconceived notions of things. And I think that a lot of people are maybe still stuck in that mindset that video games are a waste of time. And it's just not the case. I would totally agree. And uh, Millie, what would you say is your favorite part of playing video games, not only for like with your father and playing in, in your show, but just like what's your favorite like thing about video games in general? Well, there's a lot, but <laughs> honestly, having different games and having different like, I don't know. It, it, it's, it, hmm. what, I, well, I think it's the thing that I noticed with you, Millie, because I, I watch you play video games is you tend to gravitate towards games like Minecraft and Roblox that are video games that exist to help you create and mm -hmm. build and uh, like a, a game like Minecraft is awesome because even doing things like playing with redstone, you're learning about principles of electricity and circuits and these video games, Millie are teaching you stuff all day long and you don't even realize it. You're, <laughs> you're, you're accidentally learning like crazy right now oh, by playing man. Minecraft. Oh geez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a big trick. I guess I am oh. studying. Mm hmm. Wow. <laughs> I, well, maybe I have to agree with you there because my favorite games growing up were like Zoo Tycoon and like um, Sim City, but like Ninte like Super Nintendo Sim City. So like that's going back to pixelations and not the kind of computer graphics we get nowadays. But uh, I thank you so much, Jeffrey and uh, Millie, for talking about Schooled. It's been a pleasure, and I really can't wait to see what um, Rooster Teeth has more to offer. Great, thank you so much for having us. It was a lot of fun to talk to you. Yeah, thank you. Hope to have you on the show again. If you want to go check Absolutely. out season two of Schooled, please go check out Rooster Teeth Productions' YouTube channel. Just go up there, subscribe, like, comment, and see all the wonderful content they have to provide. With that said, let's take a break. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Octana. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. 
We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. tuned in to kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids channel turn off your phone another movie review is coming up hey and welcome back i'm morgan brianne birch here in sunny la and you're listening to kids first coming attractions we have been talking about some magnificent things we've been talking about the fantastic Roaster Teeth Achievement Hunters Season 2 Schooled with Gofi and Millie Ramsey. And right now we are going to be talking to Francesca Capaldi about Max 2, White House Hero. And she is 12 years old and in San Diego. So what was it like being able to go and uh, film this film and be able to meet a dog and be able to go out and see all the incredible things? And what was your experience like? It was so great. I loved being able to film this movie. It was such a great experience being in Canada because that's where we filmed the movie. It was so fun. It was actually my first time being in Canada and actually in Vancouver. And I got to meet actually four dogs because Max is played by four different dogs, not just one. And so and just bonding with all the cast. It was really it was an awesome experience. Wow. So that's really cool. So what were the dogs names? There were actually four dogs, and their names were Carlos, Jagger, Pax, and Dude. So which one of the four dogs was your favorite to work with? Gosh, my favorite would probably have to be Jagger because he's so loving, and he's really outgoing and just is such a sweet dog. But they all are, so it's hard to choose a favorite. And did they have trainers with the dogs? Like, did each dog have a different trainer with them, or did they all share one trainer? There were actually two trainers, I believe. Oh, sorry, three trainers. And they all kind of, they had their dogs that they owned. And so those dogs really paid attention to that specific trainer. So that makes sense. I mean, each dog does have a bond with their specific trainer because they're like, oh, well, I know this person. And so how do they, did they like use squeaky toys or what kind of like tricks did they use to get the dog's attention so that way they would be able to focus more about the film? And portray their parts. Well, I know uh, most of the time they use some sort of treat. And I think, I believe they used chicken. And I think they might have used like a clicker to get the dog's attention. So chicken and clickers. Wow, that's really unique. And that's actually really cool as well. And do you know what breed uh, the dog was? They were all Belgian Malinois. 
Oh, wow. So that's very interesting as well. And I heard that you got to uh, shoot in Canada, and that was your first yeah. time being there. So did, they, did you get to fly out there? How did you get to be able to go to Canada? Yeah, we flew there um, in Vancouver. So it's, um, it's about a two-and-a-half-hour flight, so not bad at all. Um, it's really, it was really beautiful. It was actually quite cold, even though it was summertime, it was still really cold. And we got to be in different locations all over Vancouver because um, when we were filming, we had to do scenes and the river and just all over. And I got to see a lot of Canada and it was just so beautiful. I loved it. Wow. And so how long were you in Canada for? Around six weeks. Oh, wow, six weeks. So that's pretty crazy. That's a long time. Yeah. And and I, yeah. So did you, like, take any pictures or anything and, like, make a little uh, kind of fun memories or anything like that so that you would remember the trip? Well, I did. I have pictures of, um, like, different sites that we saw in Canada and just, like, really memorable things. So I can look, look back on that when I'm trying to remember it. And what was one of your favorite scenes that you got to shoot in the film? My favorite scene that I got to film was probably the rap the rapids when we went down to the river and we went whitewater rafting and in the scene the float or the the raft pops and so I actually had to be in the river and it was really really cold but it was so much fun. Oh really? So what was like one of your favorite parts about being able to film that and what did you enjoy most about it? Well, I've actually never been whitewater rafting before, so it was really cool, and it was a brand new experience for me, so I was really excited to be able to experience that, and um, we actually got to go rafting three or four times to get all the, the, the coverage, and I went in the river, and I had to wear a dry suit. I don't know, I don't know if everyone knows what that is. It's, um, it's kind of like a wetsuit, but it's what you use. It's really thick, and there's, like, um, a bunch of layers to it, and you wear it when you go scuba diving. And so it's used to keep you warm, like, much better than a wetsuit. So it's really heavy and thick. Wow, so that's very interesting. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today we are talking about some terrific and magnificent topics, such as Rooster Teeth's Achievement Hunter Season 2 Schools. Right now we are talking about Max 2, White House Hero. Later we'll be talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 and Celebrities of the Rescue, and also King Arthur Legends of the Sword. And our sponsor for the day is Octonauts, the fantastic and amazing Octonauts, which we absolutely love. And I think that it's a great show, so check it out. It's on DVD currently, and it's really fun. So go ahead and look it up. And let's continue with our interview. So also, do you know how to swim? Because you said that you were wearing a dry suit and you had to go and be in a river and you had to go uh, rafting. So do you know how to swim by any chance? Yes, I do know how to swim. And um, it's actually really strong current, so it was kind of difficult to swim. But um, so there's one part of the river that we filmed on for the scene that I was actually in the water. And there were people on both sides, so that um, so blocking, blocking, uh, so I couldn't get through. But it actually um, it knocked over like um, one or two people. So the current was really strong. So swimming was pretty difficult. 
and exhausting, but it actually was really great. Well, that's actually very interesting, Francesca Capaldi. And did the dogs know how to swim as well, or did any of them jump into the river or do anything like that? Yes, they jumped into the river, and there's they all know how to swim, but the one... There's one dog that is, like, technically the swimmer, and that is um, Pax. And um, and so he's supposed to rescue me, actually. One of the funny things about the movie was um, there's one scene where he's supposed to rescue me. And he jumps in the water. And I'm wearing this, like, big thing to keep me warm, but the dog isn't wearing anything at all besides his fur. And so he jumps in the water, and he's like, this is cold. Like, so he like, he like runs out and I'm like supposed to like grab onto him so I can, um, so it looks like I'm being saved. And after like 10 takes, we finally got it, but it was just so funny. He, every time he got in the water, you could just see in his face that he was like, this is freezing. I'm leaving. Yeah. Like most people you're like, okay, the ocean's cold or the river's cold. And you're like, jump out. But the dog's like, I have to do this. I know. I understand that. (laughs) That makes total sense. And how can you relate to this character that you played? Because a lot things happen between characters. Some people have things and relate to them. So what did you have to relate to this character? Some things that I could relate to um, with this character is she found a friend, a new friend in TJ. And um, I'm constantly coming upon that at school and wherever, just meeting new friends and going on adventures and and she's a really, like, spunky and precocious character to play. And I feel like I have some similari- similarities to her. So I think we definitely have things in common. Well, that makes sense. I mean, everybody does meet a new friend or two. And you can understand that for sure. And is there going to be a part three for um, any chance? Like a max three? I'm not sure. Um, I guess we'll just have to see what comes comes along. Well, fingers crossed, because that would be amazing. And uh, that would be really cool as well. And also, where can we be able to see uh, Max 2 White House Hero currently? Uh, Max 2 is currently in select theaters until Thursday, May 11th. And it's actually available starting today on iTunes, Amazon, or any other digital retailer streaming-wise. So, And it's also... You can buy it in stores on May 23rd on Blu-ray and DVD, so check it out. Wow, that's very interesting. So that's great. We can actually be able to watch it, and we'll be able to see that. And what age range would you give it for kids who are going to see it? I feel like it's a family movie, so anywhere from, like, really young kids to um, even even some sort of uh, – even some teenagers. I'd say from, like um, – Maybe three to thirteen. Oh, so that's a pretty, uh, a really big range, and you can understand that. So that way, um, everybody can be able to get together, grab a bag of popcorn, and have fun and enjoy it. So that's perfect for sure. a good family. Yes, for sure. And also, what was the most difficult task or part that you had to do to be able to play in this film? Because a lot of uh, actors and actresses do find themselves having troubles. The most difficult thing that I had to do for this part to prepare would probably be learning a Russian accent. Because I've never done anything like that before. On Dog the Blog, I um, I did some accents, but never Russian. And never for the whole show. So this was all brand new to me and um, just being preparing myself for that. And also there was a part in the movie where I had to speak Russian. 
So preparing myself for that, um, I only got really 20 minutes with the translator, and that was at the beginning of the six weeks, and I did the scene at the end of the six weeks, so I just had to keep myself up to speed on the Russian so I wouldn't forget it. And really quickly, do you have a dog yourself? And if not, would you want to get one? I do not have a dog myself, but I really would love one. I really want a apricot multi-poo. Well, thank you so much for this interview, Francesca Capaldi. It is a fantastic time uh, talking with you, and I hope to talk to you soon or later. Yes, thank you so much. So let's take a break. I am Morgan Brian Birch, 12 years old, and Senya Late, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. And our sponsor for today is Octonauts 12 Rescue Missions. Make sure to check it out. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. tuned in to kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids channel turn off your phone another movie review is coming up i am groot i am groot which pretty much translates to welcome back to the program i'm your host keeper blakesley and we're gonna continue this wonderful radio show talking about arthur legends of the sword and of course the up-and-coming amazing marvel film Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, and I'm going to be talking right now to my friend Benjamin about the film. Benjamin, it's always great to have you on the show. So, let's get right into it. Tell me about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Did you think it's as good as the first one? It is not as good as the first one, but it is better in some parts than the first one was. I will say that. Okay, well, let's go right, let's elaborate on that. So, what elements did you think was better in this film? I thought it was um, not only funnier than the first one, it just felt like the funniest Marvel movie, I think. There was a lot of comedy put into it, and um, it really was quite funny. Now, would you feel like that it lacked than the original one? Uh, story. I felt like there was too much going on, and that often happens a lot in the sequels. sequels. It's like they try to up the ante too much. There's yeah, there's just a lot of different storylines going on at once and it made it kind of complicated and sort of confusing. Okay. I saw this film too, by the way, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I wanna see 
I, there's a lot going on, but really I feel like this film was more of a char- was character development for many of these lovely characters we love, like um, Rocket Raccoon and Chris Pratt's, char- um, Chris, Chris Pratt's character, Star-Lord and Gamora. So um, what did you feel like it got like too complicated? Well, not too complicated, but just what did you feel like it was just too much was going on? There was just a lot of different relationships to follow. Like I felt like there was one with Star-Lord and Gamora, Rocket and Groot, Rocket and Yondu. So it was just sort of, it was taking all the things from uh, volume one and sort of developing them a little more, which I liked. But at the same time, it was just, it was kind of hard to follow all these different characters. Okay. Uh, I, I felt like it fit perfectly. I can understand where you're coming from. Just like, just try to cram so much into one movie. But uh, where did you feel like, the characters in this film because where did you feel like they developed since this is a sequel first of all i thought michael rooker was very good as yondu yeah and he i felt more sympathetic to him and you under you you understood his personality a little more he was sort of a minor i almost say i wouldn't call him an antagonist he was a minor character in the first one and i like that they gave him a bigger role here strax has a little bit of banter with a new character named Mantis and she joins the team so there was actually a lot more of Drax too there was just some I liked that some of the characters that weren't in the first one as much had some moments to shine in this one now I feel like what made this film which going off what you said fantastic is the comedy and also the character development because I really feel like the moments with each character Gamora and Star-Lord uh, Yondu and Rocket Raccoon. I mean, just all the character interactions, even though we only met them in one film, it's just, I got really emotional and I really felt empathetic for so many of these characters. It got it got really dramatic in this film. Wouldn't you agree? I agree. It got very emotional. I actually, uh, I uh, cried a little. <laughs> it was just, it was very, um, there's a lot of deep messages about family and friendship in this film. Definitely. And what would you say is your favorite character? Because I know there's so many characters to choose from, and I understand that part. <sighs> what can you narrow it down to? All right. I think I have top three. Oh, Yondu, okay. Baby Groot, and probably Drax. I really, I really like Drax because Dave Bautista is very funny, and he just – I like Drax because he's – he struggles to sort of communicate with people, and he's kind of awkward. And I thought he they br- brought that to the table here. And he, second is Baby Groot because he's adorable, and they yeah. give him so many good moments in this film. Yeah, the entire opening is just him dancing around, and I think is one of my favorite ways to open a movie ever. Um, and third is Yondu because. I really liked um, the deeper sides of his character this time around. Michael Rooker just plays Yondu with such a such heart and such humor, and that's why I feel like this film is full of full of heart and humor. Now, what would you say is the age range and how many stars would you give it? I'm gonna say I'd give it probably twelve to eighteen because I felt. There was there's some sad moments 
there is some more language and some crude humor and i think there's a little bit of violence but if you've seen a marvel movie before and if you've seen the first one you're probably fine and how many stars i'm gonna give it four out of five i really liked it not as good as the first one but it's a fun ride that i really recommend you uh go see well, I will agree with you, Benjamin. This was a fantastic film. And I, if you haven't seen it already, go see it. What are you doing? Go check yeah, out the film. What's wrong with you? It's a Marvel film. And also, speaking of which, there are five post credit scenes. Count them yes. five. So you have to make sure to stay after multiple post credit scenes. Don't just stay for two. Five. It's, it's, it's great. It's definitely worth your while. With that said, <laughs> I would definitely say this film is summed up in I Am Groot. Um, you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Kiefer Blakesley, and we're going to be talking about Arthur, Legend of the Sword, and also celebrity res- Celebrities to the Rescue with Morgan right now. Switching off to Morgan, tell us a bit about um, Celebrities to the Rescue and what it's about. So what Celebrities to the Rescue is basically this event where they had celebrities from all kinds of different shows come together, and they were able to create 500 different boxes for uh, pets so that way people who are going to adopt pets specifically dogs from the shelters would be able to get a little gift bag of all kinds of or box actually of all kinds of different things so they brought squeaky toys treats kind of dentist sticks and they got like all kinds of different things for the dogs so that way when you adopted one you would be able to have a little starter kit so that way you wouldn't be like rushing to get everything and that way you could be able to help a dog in need and they would have the necessities and you would also get to have a furry friend at the same time. So what kind of celebrities did you meet at this event? I met all kinds of different celebrities. Like I got to meet Trinity Storks, who's from Casey Undercover. I got to meet some of the Powerpuff Girls from the new Powerpuff show, which is currently on uh, Cartoon Network. We got to also meet people from Girl Meets World. We got to meet some people from Walk the Prank, the Fosters, uh, all con- and the list goes on and on, honestly. Uh, I had so much fun, um, and it was amazing the way that we were able to have so much fun with all these different people, because they were all really unique, and their personalities were all different, and so they all had something different to say, and they were all ready for anything, and they just wanted to help the cause. So, um, what did you feel like? Because there's a lot of events that celebrities go to, and there's a lot of celebrity activism. What? Why do you feel like um, events like this is important? And how do celebrities use their fame to endorse these important causes? I would say that an event like this is very important because most people are really. Uh, excited to get a dog and sometimes they need a little help and also there are a lot of animals and dogs out there that need help because they're in uh, shelters or they're stranded or they get lost and my dog Dust Bunny was actually found on the street and we actually nurtured him back to health and we found him on the street of Sepulveda and so we were able to ping him, uh, bring him back to our house and right now he's underneath my feet and she's been a loving dog ever since and so a lot of uh different people can be able to come and help their dogs by bringing them to shelters and then coming and adopting them 
And that's what that event was really about. But at the same time, the celebrities can help because they can be able to say, well, I'm going to this event and we're helping animals. So maybe you should try and adopt one. And that can lead to less animal obesity and also people who are trying to hurt the animals and it will be able to help the animals in so many different ways. Now, tell us more about this event and like what else happened, because I understand it was it was a wonderful event where you're packing good, um, packing and endorsing the uh, the cause to adopt more pets and abandoned dogs. So tell us a bit more what happened there. So what happened was we packed 500 boxes full of all kinds of different things for dogs, including treats and many different squeaky toys. And they brought, like, all kinds of different things into the back boxes. So that way, uh, when you adopted the dogs, you know, you would get a little helpful yeah. bag or box that gave you to a little starter. And they also had that. And I wish that they lined up the boxes because, like, as soon as they were packing them, they were putting them onto carts. And then they were, like, putting them into a giant uh van and i wish that they had like you like lined them all up or packed them all up so that way that you could be able to see how many they actually did because you were like oh my gosh that's so much and like if you got seen how many there were you would have been like wow that's a lot but they didn't get to see that so you were like darn i wish i got to see that and then they also had an afro uh, turf carpet where the dogs got to walk on it along with the people stars. And they had a couple of puppies there that you got to interview the trainers of. And I love that as well. Fantastic. So um, what, um, what website can, we go, can people go to to support this cause? Um, actually, there is no website, but the entire event was sponsored by Hot Diggity Media. And it was very important, and it was also on uh, a great factor as well. And it was really amazing the way that they were able to bring it all together at the CBS Studios uh, lot. Fantastic. Well, Morgan, thank you so much for talking about Celebrities to the Rescue. It's always been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. And another great thing that you can be able to do is adopt. If you cannot adopt a dog, you can also adopt a fun dog named Chip, which is a best friend that is actually an automatic dog, so that way if your apartment doesn't allow dogs, you can be able to get this dog without the mess, and luckily it brought, it's brought to you by Wowie, and David Markel, Mar, Mal uh, Cree was said that he would actually be able to give us some of the toys and let us be able to review them if that was okay with us. Oh, fantastic. Well, Child, thank you so much for listening. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by Often Knots 12 Rescue Missions. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard. 
where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. tuned in to kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids channel turn off your phone another movie review is coming up hey and welcome back i am morgan brian birch 12 years old currently in senia la and you're listening to kids first coming attractions we have been talking about some magnificent things such as Roster's Teeth Achievement Hunters, Season 2, Schooled, Max 2, The White House Hero, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2, and Celebrities to the Rescue. Right now, we're going to be talking about King Arthur, Legends of the Sword, and later, we'll be talking about Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2. So, let's start the interview with Benjamin, who is 11 years old in Washington, D.C., about King Arthur, Legends of the Sword. So, what's the synopsis of this film, and... What did you think about it? King Arthur, Legend of the Sword, is basically about two different characters. One is a streetwise scoundrel named Arthur, who grew up on the streets and then discovers that he has roots in royalty. And the other is a king who is very corrupt and struggles to continue his reign of power. So one of them is, like, struggling, and he wants to make sure that he's going to be able to have enough power, and the other one's like, well, uh, street rats. And that makes sense. Kind of like the good and evil forces trying to battle it out. That um, is understandable. Now, what was your point to take on the film? Did you enjoy it, or did you dislike it? I did not enjoy it. I felt I was really... I just... Something about it... The story, I did not really feel connected with and the characters i thought were uncompelling um i thought jude law who plays the king in this movie um not arthur was very good and i felt the director guy ritchie's style was also interesting in this movie but i felt those talents were kind of wasted because the movie just felt more like a two-hour music video to me than a real grounded film so you did not like Vortigard, who was uh, played by Jude Law? You didn't no, like his character? I did like his character. I oh. did like his performance. Sorry. And did you think it was dark and dreary? Like, was that what was the problem? I did not have a problem with it I being... Actually, I actually saw it, and when I saw it, I was like, darn, this is just so dark and depressing. And I remember um, other versions of King Arthur, and I was like, they're so lighthearted. And I was like, I remember that version. And I was like, this was just murdered with drama and dark and dreariness. I kind of liked the dark tone of it because I felt it was very gritty and added something different to King Arthur retelling. So there was also some things in the movie that had nothing to do with the story of King Arthur that I felt it's just such a good story and it translates so well as a movie 
and they didn't really take advantage of all the different characters and situations. I think that this, yeah, I there were a couple of times I turned to the person I was watching it with, and I was like, dang, this is dark. Yeah, I I understand what you're saying because there is a huge performance that you could they could have done, and they just like kind of lagged a little bit. So it's understandable. I completely understand the point of view that you're going through. And who was your favorite character? I don't think I had a favorite character. I thought the characters I found likable weren't actually in the movie that much, so I didn't really find them to be my favorite and. Jude Law's kind of a villain, so I wouldn't call him my favorite character. Yeah, because we have so many different people who are huge stars as well. We have King Arthur, we have all kinds of different people, and a lot of the performances were um, great, but some of them were lagging, and you can just understand, you know, some of them you are like, ah, it's just all over the place, honestly. And what would one of your favorite scenes be, or did you have one? I believe my favorite scene is when they try to assassinate the king and then they have to escape because I felt this was where um, Aiden Gillian, I forgot what his character was named, but I felt he was very fun and um, I thought the action was good in this scene. Like you really felt like you were there with the characters going through the city trying to escape the scene. Aiden Gillian actually played Bill. Bill, yes. The, yeah. So uh, that's actually really different, and I understand that as well. And did you uh, think that it was like cool the way that they took on the story of King Arthur, or did you think that it was uh, different? Like, how was your take on that? I thought it was different, and I liked that part. I liked the more how it looked and how it felt, but the story itself felt very separated from the actual King Arthur legend and tale. I, yeah, and just, it felt, because of the story, I just, I was really disappointed with this movie. And what uh, what did you think about Merlin? I thought Merlin was cool. She was a cool character, but she wasn't really in it, so... Yeah, I understand. Kind of wasted well. her a little. Yeah, I wish they added more. So, also, what would you say the age range for this film would be? I'm gonna say 14 to 18. I thought it was really dark. There was a lot of death, and um, there's also just some inappropriate subjects that may not be suitable for younger children understandable as well and also uh what uh, how many stars would you get this film i'm gonna give this 1.5 stars out of five i was really not a fan of this film and i'm very disappointed with it well thank you so much it's uh, fantastic talking to you once again benjamin and i hope for having me thank you you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today we are talking about some fantastic things such as the Rooster Teeth's Achievement Hunter Season 2 Schooled, Max Whitehouse Hero, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Celebrities to the Rescue. We just got done talking about King Arthur Legends of the Sword, and right now we are going to be talking about Guardians of the Galaxy with Nathaniel, who is 11 years old in Boulder, Colorado. So how old are, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm good. 
How are you? I'm great. So what do you think about the film, and what is the synopsis of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2? Well, uh, I personally, uh, I think that it was better than the first movie, because in a, in a couple of interviews that I saw, um, <clears throat> they were saying that the first movie was about becoming a family, this movie was about being a family, and I think that this movie had a lot more lessons and was a bit more, like, kind of fun, even though it was kind of sad and uh, some parts may be a bit unlikable for viewers, but I think that overall it was a good film. I understand that, because the first one was very, like, about them trying to come together, and I have heard a lot of different reviews about this one, and this is actually a very different opinion, so it's nice to hear some different opinions as well. And speaking about which, what do you think about the graphics? Because Marvel, usually when they do go out with movies, they go all out crazy with the graphics. Um, yeah, uh, uh, it was awesome. They had so many things. It seemed completely real, and I couldn't find any flaws. It was just so cool, and I love Marvel films. And uh, uh, it just was one of, I think, uh, some uh, one of the best Marvel films uh, that had uh, the special effects so far. Because uh, and it's really improving. It's it was super cool. Well, that's understandable as well, and I can completely understand the graphics, and I um, don't, I understand that as well, and most people are like, well, what's Guardians of the Galaxy? So, did you know what Guardians of the Galaxy was before this movie? Yes, um, uh, I had seen it in theaters before I had watched it, and I uh, mentioned it multiple times in my review. I think that Guardians of the Galaxy is a really good movie. And once I watched it, I thought that it was one of my favorite movies because I liked the idea of it and the stuff it had included. Yes, because it does include a lot of different things because you have superheroes at the same time, including aliens, and it's really just all together. It's massive, and you're like, whoa! And definitely, it's really awesome the way that they're able to bring everything together and bring it all and wrap it together with just one galactic bow. And really, it's just perfection at its peak. So, who is your favorite character? Well, there are a lot of good characters. I think that I like Star-Lord for the humor, and kind of I liked him as the big character, and I think he had a good role, and he did a lot of cool stuff, and this movie, but I also liked uh, Groot because he's really funny, and uh, since he was a baby this time, uh, it was so enjoyable, and so many cool things happened. I just like a lot of uh, all of the Guardians of the Galaxy, like uh, because all of the members in the Guardians are just so funny, and each bring their own aspects to the table. Yes, definitely, and I actually reviewed the first one, and I actually couldn't pick a favorite character because they all had different aspects, and I was like, I love them all! They were just all uh, really funny, and they all had different things. And what was one of your favorite scenes? Um, I think uh, one of my... Uh, I liked uh, the after, the post-credits. They were interesting, 
And uh, I like how Marvel always sets up post-credits, so you're expecting a, a sequel, or like another sequel for this movie, but uh, in multiple other Marvel movies that I've seen, they uh, like just make new uh, like um, uh, things at the end so that they can either end it there if they think that they're fine, or make another one if they think that viewers really liked it and it would be good for their company and their business. Yeah, that's like something very special that they have that's unique for them, and that's really got them far. And I actually saw the first one and reviewed it, and I actually love the way that they were able to do that. And I was like, oh my gosh, I hope they make a second one! And so like when I heard this, I was like, yes! And I was so happy about that. Uh, and I yeah. can't wait to see this one in theaters. Uh, one thing that I found kind of funny was um, uh, when I went back and saw, uh, looked at a bit of parts on the first movie after I had done my review, I saw the baby Groot that they had had in the first movies after uh, the post credits, and um, uh, it was uh, just um, it was a lot different from uh, uh, the one in Volume Two, and it was but the one in Volume Two was um, uh, a lot cuter and I think more enjoyable and the one that was uh, in the first movie, and, of course, wasn't in a pot. And what would the age range be for this film? In my review, I said 11 to 18, because it does have a lot of cursing and some inappropriate jokes, but I think that it is a good movie, and uh, if you just ignore those, uh, then it'll be uh, good for uh, a lot of people. And how many stars would you give this film as well? Uh, I gave this film five out of five stars because it was a most of all uh, it was uh, the the majority of it was enjoyable, and I liked a lot of the things that it brought to the table. Well, thank you so much for talking with us, Nathaniel. I hope to talk to you soon. Yeah, it was my pleasure. Thanks for interviewing me. Thank you so much for joining us. You've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest video reviews of new films and DVD releases and learn how you can become a Kids First film critic, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our blog in the teen section of the Huffington Post. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media on the Voice America Kids Network. And today's sponsor is amazingly the octonauts 12 rescue missions and make sure that you can be able to go and adopt your very own ship the electronic dog brought to you by wowie and i'm morgan brian birch and thanks for listening bye bye this is morgan brian birch and i'm signing off Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know more about which movies are playing and can make an informed decision. Tune in again next week. <laughs>